Hello and welcome to the Tech Vision Podcast for December 11th, 2017. I'm here with my brother Clarence. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Uh, glad to be back on another episode. How's it going for you, dude? Oh, it's been going really, really well. Um, a lot of developments this week. Um, I got kind of depressed about the the Star Wars commercial that they showed yesterday. It Uh-oh. made me kind of mad because they're, they're starting to try to spoil stuff. Eek. And it's making me mad. I have not seen said commercial. Is this one with John Boyega featured in it? Yeah. Yeah. And there's like this half second clip at the end. I thought you were going to tell me. I was going to say, no. No, I'm not going to tell you, but there's like this half a second thing that happens at the end. And I was like, I'm just not going to have to watch TV for like the next three days or four days because I was really upset. And then there was another one they flashed during Monday Night Football today that showed a very misleading iffy kind of clip so i was just i was i wasn't very happy so i'm probably not going to watch tv for the next three days <laughs> or two days or three days yeah yeah Monday, I'm, tuesday tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. i'm yeah. trying my best to avoid spoilers man at all costs so yeah i'm i'm pretty much staying off of the youtube yeah. sites that uh, do recaps and all this stuff because they will spoil stuff in a minute and it's so funny because a guy at work was telling me um before the force awakens he was watching a youtube video and like the third comment down says um kylo kills han and this is like oh before it's like before oh, he saw no. the movie and he oh, was freaking my. devastated I'd be so i'd be so <laughs> mad i'm telling you man that's why i haven't sat down and watched logan is because somebody spoiled the entire movie for me in a facebook comment just something oh. completely unrelated Something completely yeah. unrelated, and they just po- posted like the end of the whole movie, and I was like, "Well, I guess I gotta watch that now." Yeah, granted, there's a statute of limitations for spoilers, but come on, if yeah, something I mean, has just I mean, come out, after, I mean, yeah, like after the first week, it's kind of iffy, like you know, that's on me. But if you spoil like the first week or even the first day or before the movie even comes out, then yeah, that makes me kind of mad. They had a premiere. For Star Wars, um, I think Saturday? it was like this past weekend. Yeah, I think, yeah. It, I think it was Saturday. Yeah. So, and I think reviewers have seen it. Some reviewers. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's out there. So people avoid at all costs. <laughs> yeah, my short was real. Short few days to wait. Yeah. So, um, you want to keep it on movie news and talk about that story you had before Ooh. we jump into tech? Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of an anime called Battle Angel? Yeah, dude, like, it's so funny. Um, I remember this manga, like, when I was first starting to get into anime and manga. Like, I remember reading this manga, like, 10 years ago. It's really? older than that, but I'm, well, like, 15 years ago. Like, when I first moved to Hattiesburg and I started, like, reading manga, um, this is one of the first ones I came across. And what do you, what did you think of the trailer? I guess I should get your take first. Um, you know, I knew nothing about this property at all. So my first thing was, okay, I saw the trailer. I'm going to talk about that. But then I started to go and research. Okay. This cool. This cybernetics doctor found this, this girl and restored her. I thought it was pretty cool. And she's trying to find out her past. That's a good premise. I think this was originally a Japanese OVA and the trailer, the movie. I, at first, I thought it was all CG, but then I saw like real people. <laughs> and at yeah. that point, I, I guess before I saw the people, I instantly thought of that Final Fantasy movie that came back, came out back in the day. 
Um, of the spirits within. Yeah. But this, you know, but we're 15, 12 years later, much updated version of that. And it looks re- look really good. It's that uncanny valley, whatever they call it. But I mean, that being said, I found it kind of weird to be weaving out of real people and two CG. Because to me, when you do that, the CG has to be so perfect um, to make it really work. But yet and still, we're seeing this girl with these anime eyes and it just feels kind of weird. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like, I mean, one thing I will say is that the the idea of how she's looks and how she's built, it's it's very, very faithful to the manga, believe it or not. Um, I really like that they they cast Christoph Waltz because he's one of my favorite actors. Um, I'm just I'm not crazy about the design. I understand why they did it, but I feel like there are certain things like when you're when you're a good movie director, not that James Cameron isn't, but I'm just saying like when you when like just take Marvel, for, for instance, they know when to break the rules, you know, yeah. for the betterment of a movie. And I just feel like the design of the main character of Alita, it just takes away from it is just so distracting. I don't even want to call it creepy. It's just so distracting because yeah. she's like photorealistic and she has these weird, these weird, crazy <laughs> eyes. And yeah. again, again, you know, for the for the manga faithful, this is this makes sense. But, you know, I feel like there's a fine line that you have to walk when you do stuff like this. And I just I, I well, I do know how it's coming across. It's coming across like creepy CG anime eyes. Like like if you Google Battle Angel Leader, like that's kind of the first thing that pops up. So. I don't think the juice was worth the squeeze on that one. Yeah. But that being said, I'm really excited about this movie, actually. Yeah. Well, I think it's so weird when, you know, it's it's harder to believe when it's a human interacting with other, you know, a human character, a human CG character. It's different when it's an alien or it's a big giant robot or it's a vehicle in the background or it's a, you know, totally CG background. It's a little bit different. But when you have something so emotional and so direct as another CG figure right in front of you. It just feels kind of weird. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And um, actually I, th- I think Cameron isn't even directing this one. I think he may be producing, yeah, producing it. It's yeah. Robert Rodriguez is directing it, so, but Sin, he's had Sin City like, fame. Cameron's been, yeah. Cameron's been planning this project for like at least 20 years, at least. Yeah. So I'm. Just, I was just happy to actually see it. Found it was kind of like Chinese democracy from Guns N' Roses. Like I was happy to finally see something. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, um, like I said, I'm really <laughs> excited about it. One thing I'm really worried about though is from the trailer, I feel like they're kind of going like Twilight on this. Like, um, you know, like, you know, like the the main premise of of Harry Potter is you know finding your inner strength and yeah. facing your fears and like the premise of twilight is no matter how world bad the world gets make sure you have a boyfriend and like <laughs> I'm, I'm like worried that they're gonna go like the boyfriend lovey-dovey route with this which i don't mind a little romance and it's fine but i hope that they stay faithful and i feel like in some senses they are staying more faithful to this than the ghost in the shell movie did to source material because yeah. i feel from the trailer they're actually exploring like what makes a human a human which is probably the biggest my biggest draw to ghost in the shell yeah. And as long as they nail that, then I feel like it'll be worth watching. Yeah. Um, and actually, the movie is on YouTube. It may get pulled soon, <laughs> but the original uh, 1993 movie, uh, OVA, whatever, is on YouTube. Uh, the captions. 
So I'd like watch like five or 10 minutes of that, but it seems very faithful as far as some of the, um, you know, when he finds her in the trash and things like that, I think that looks similar to what's in the actual anime. So I, I guess I'm kind of excited about this. You know, it's a property I didn't know anything about, but um, I'm ready to dive in. Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, it's it's nice to see big budget anime um, at yes. manga ad- adaptations. You know, the, like the one that you probably wouldn't even think of before I get too far off on a tangent is The Edge of Tomorrow was actually adapted from a Japanese manga called All You Need Is Kill. I don't know if you knew that. I think I've heard really. that. Yeah. And like this is just another one of those instances where they're taking kind of a more obscure, which this is, it's a cult classic on um, Battle Angel Lita, but it's more obscure, like as far as mainstream is concerned. So it's cool to see them pulling these properties like this and making stories. I'm really excited. Yeah. Good. Get some good anime adaptations is always, uh, always welcomed. So just oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to stay in that vein a bit uh, on movies, uh, Am- uh, Apple TV has finally got Am- Amazon Prime Video. I don't know if you own Apple TV. Ne- neither do I, but, <laughs> but I don't. But that's that's huge. Wow. Yeah. And if you know a little backstory to this is that Apple and Amazon have had their share of feuds over uh, things like, you know, Apple's Apple products being listed in Amazon store and, and Amazon and, and, and Amazon not getting a fair cut of what they sell on Apple if they wanted to sell their movies and videos. So, I mean, if you notice, you have to go outside of the app store, outside of the app to actually purchase stuff for a video with Amazon. So, I mean, it, it, it is, they've, they've been feuding for a while. Uh, you know, not, not just, uh, it's been more of, I guess, a Cold War type of feud because it hadn't just been, you know, not now drag out. But, um, yeah, to finally have the, the video store, the prime video store on Apple. I think it was on there before, but it may have got pulled for some reason when, when, uh, Amazon pulled the Apple products out of their store. <laughs> but it's, it's cool to see them, uh, healing some wounds or mending some wounds and, uh, actually trying to work together again. Yeah, I'm just happy all my Apple TV peeps can watch Grand Tour, which premiered last week and great. Yeah. Yeah. The second season is wonderful. So I'm really excited to see them pull this out like just in time for Grand Tour. I'm sure that had some kind of, um, some kind of influence because it shows madly popular. And you're still into the Grand Tour, huh? Dude, those guys are, they're the best. Cool. What else we got, sir? All right, let's see here. Um, speaking of Apple, did you know that Apple bought Shazam? <sighs> this makes zero, zero sense to me. For $400 million. Why do they? Okay. I'm, I'm just really. Yeah, I'm a little bit. Yeah, I'm a bit flabbergasted about yeah. this too. Just wanted to throw that in. <laughs> but but I haven't I haven't read the story. But what, what I'm just thinking in my head, why would Apple want Shazam? Okay, you have the Apple HomePod. Maybe they want to use that technology to listen for other stuff. I mean, I really don't know why they would want a mu- a music service, a music detection service. Is really all it is. So unless yeah. Shazam has been doing things that I'm j- just haven't been aware of lately, I really don't see the justification for Apple wanting to buy them. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, I guess the idea is that they could somehow integrate this into Apple music maybe. So hmm. you just say, Hey Siri, what is this song? And 
save it to your library. I mean, there are applications, but I don't think this is like a $400 million. The only thing I can think of is one or two things. One, they really like their devs, or two, they have some some patents or something that Apple wants for some reason. And, and that might the app doesn't make it to them buying this app. It makes no sense. I don't think it adds anything to their brand in and of itself, unless they want to pull some technology from it, kind of like they did with Beats. Yeah, where they basically took um music client and made it Apple Music. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean Shazam has not been exciting since the first few months it came out. I mean, it was like magic <laughs> when we first saw it, but you know, after that. Most people forgot about it. <laughs> so, Dude, I mean, I still giggle when I, I watch a commercial and I see a Shazam logo pull uh, up. On the, I'm like, oh, my God, let me so grab my phone cool. and I hold it up to my TV so I can do. I don't even know what it, what does it do? Pull up a Web page or something? Well, it pulls up Shazam yeah. a commercial. Yeah, I mean, but but think about the way we listen now. A lot of people listen digitally. So most of the time, you know what you're listening to. I mean, yeah. Most people who are going to pull out their phone and the Shazam something is not going to be listening to the radio, I would think, I would feel, or the normal terrestrial radio. So just. I mean, one one application I can see, and this happened to me a couple of times where I was in a store and I heard the song that sounded really cool. But the problem with Shazam is like, I just, I'm not like, I'm not going to grab my phone out of my pocket and hold it up into the air while I'm shopping at JCPenney. <laughs> just to, you know, it's like, I'll just try to remember some of the lyrics. Yeah. I'm not going to. I mean, if they get integrated into the Apple Watch or something where you have it on your wrist and you're like, hey, Siri, what's this song? Like, they, I feel like they're applications, but they're going to have to transform the app in some way for it to be useful, in yeah. my opinion. But I don't know. And even if they're trying to, because uh, you can do this in the Google search bar on the Android phone, there's an option to listen to songs. So that m- they may be just trying to get parody with what, what Google is doing, maybe. I don't know. To make that native, yeah. maybe. That would make a little sense, I guess. So, man, I have have something else from the App Store to talk about. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, man. The uh, Coinbase is the number one, or at least it was a couple days ago, the number one (laughs) iPhone app in the App Store in the U.S. Man, everybody's after that Bitcoin. G. Willikers, Batman. (laughs) So That Bitcoin sauce. So as of November 8th uh, of this year, it was 229th in the App Store. On December 7th, it was number one. I wonder what's driving this spike. <laughs> I do. Bitcoin has like gotten, got, Bitcoin has retard strength lately or something. Like, I don't know what happened, but it went in a matter of days. It went from like 11K to 17 and it even hit 20 at one point. Now it's hovering around 16, 9, 17. It's Good hovering Lord. between 16 and 17 right now, but it's like, yeah, we'll get into it a little later, but I do think it's really, really cool that, you know, crypto is going mainstream. And if you think about it, like this is the same kind of track that podcast took when podcast first came out. It was all geeks, you know, all technology stuff. And then like it, it hit mainstream and like everybody and their mom had a podcast. And I feel like Bitcoin has kind of hit that maturation point where everybody knows what it is. And yeah, people are figuring since the prices jumped, what, $15,000 in less than 12 months, this, people this are just only keep going up. So that and the um, next story we have probably plays a little bit into it as well. <laughs> Do we want to dive right into that? Yeah. So um, yesterday, Bitcoin futures became a thing. Um, if you don't know what a future is, a future is basically a contract that lets an investor, i.e. you or me, 
you can buy or sell something at a specific price in the future. So this is normally done for like commodity stuff like oil and um, like um, agricultural stuff. Um, but they're, they're starting to sell futures on Bitcoin. So basically you can purchase a futures contract for Bitcoin at the price it is now, or you can buy Bitcoin now and you can, you can have a contract to sell it or you can have a contract to buy it. So you can purchase a futures contract now for, let's say a month or two from now to buy it at the current price. And if the price goes up, you make money. If it goes down, you lose money. And the same thing with sell. Um, you is can that basically just like a promise to buy? Um, yeah, sort of. But like the thing that confuses me is that futures aren't generally used to make money. They're used to leverage loss. So I'm just kind of confused on why people have, like, I mean, I know this has played into the reason why people have bought Bitcoin like crazy last week because they were anticipating, they're anticipating a huge jump because of the futures. But I think so many people bought it that the jump happened before the futures even started selling. Um, and I should also clarify that um, people have been um, selling unlicensed or unsanctioned Bitcoin futures, but this is the first legitimate exchange. Um, the CBOE is the first um, legitimate exchange to offer future contracts on Bitcoin. So it was a really, really big deal. And um, um, there are only going to be more stock exchanges adding it in the future. So Bitcoin's finally hit mainstream, man. Yeah, what what gets me, and I, I definitely want your feedback on this. What's getting me is that we're trading Bitcoin, a quote unquote currency, like a stock. So, yeah. is it is it a currency or is it a stock? Well, again, with the futures contracts, futures are usually used not for money but for commodities, or not for stock but for commodities. So, like gold, you can buy gold futures, or you know, oil. Um, I'm I'm kind of at a loss here but you know you know what i'm saying like that's normally what futures are used for um you probably won't see a btc you know on the new york stock exchange that you can just buy because it's not a stock and the difference between a stock and a cryptocurrency is because is that um the company actually generates the value from their sales and their profits that's how they generate their stock value whereas with a cryptocurrency currency is really only as valuable as how many people are using it. So, um, I mean, that's where, um, I'm, I'm really torn on this Bitcoin thing and I I, coin, I said Bitcoin because I have a couple, I have a couple of friends that I had a a lively discussion with on Facebook about how I thought the Bitcoin was like very, very overvalued. And, you know, one of the reasons I think it's overvalued is because I feel like a lot of people aren't actually using this to trade. They're just holding it. They're buying it and holding it. And, that in this of itself isn't bad, but if most of the people that have Bitcoin are just holding it, it it's not that valuable, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, if you're not using it to purchase, I mean, that's what gives any currency its value, right? Um, yeah. um, you know, the reason the dollar is so strong is because it's used, like, even in other countries, you know, you can pay for stuff in U.S. dollars, like, even outside the United States. Yeah. We have a huge gross, you know, what is the GDP? Our GDP is huge. There's lots of money moving around, and like that's what gives us our um our currency value. And the reason the euro gained on the dollar is because you have all these different countries, the European Union. You have all these different countries, which used to include the UK, but I think they recently Brexited or something. But anyway, like the reason that currency like leapfrogged the U.S. dollar is because you have all these countries in Europe 
using this one currency. So it's moving across all these country borders and like everybody's using it to buy and sell. So like that's why the euro got so strong. What was it, about 20 years ago? It was, it was yeah. a while back um, when the Euro- European Union was formed. So, you know, if people aren't actually using this to trade, I mean, I feel like, you know, once people actually start looking into this and the hype dies down, I really feel like the price is going to go back down because yeah. well, if I mean, you really look at Bitcoin, it's not great for currency. It's not great for buying and selling stuff. It's yeah. actually horrible for that. Well, what if, well, I mean, the biggest problem with it not being great, at least now, maybe it wasn't so much a year ago, but now it's so... I mean, it's been volatile, but especially in the last few months, it's been going up and down so much that uh, I think steam has dropped it from a a currency. And, you know, um, the fact that you can go and purchase a $60 game with Bitcoin, but really (laughs) the transaction takes so long by the time it gets to the end of it, you paying like, you know, 120 or something. It's, 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 it's not stable enough for real, uh, commercial transactions it's, it's, it's really not it's, it's just not because the price jumps too much and it's funny because not to, not to be a shield here but one of my favorite cryptocurrencies ripple um through all these fluctuations the price has stayed steady um and that there's some reasons for that but like that's what you want a cryptocurrency you want something that holds its value and you know the volatility like a lot of bitcoin people are hoping that they're thinking the volatility is good because people will get used to it Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, for what they're trying to accomplish, I just think it's not going to be good. And there you got the fees, you got the long transaction times, because the way the Bitcoin is set up, you know, I think it I think over 50 percent of the entire blockchain has a verifier uh, a, or 50 percent of the entire um of all the miners have to verify a transaction before it can go through. Yeah. It's some crazy number like that. I could be wrong. It could be lower. It could be higher. But there's a certain percentage of the miners that have to mine a transaction to verify it. And, like, there's just so many nodes now. And the blockchain is so big that it's just really, 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 it just takes a really long time. And, you know, they're trying to fork it into something called segregated witness where you only you only really have to have the most recent part of the blockchain so like, cause you, I mean, but if I you thought the blockchain really value was his history though. It is. But what I'm saying is in order to process transactions, you really only need the, the recent. most recent part yeah. because there's enough nodes that have the whole history now that I'm assuming that's what the, the, um, take is there. But there are also other cryptocurrencies where that have segregated witness where you only have the, you know, you only have the most recent part of blockchain. And I don't want to get too technical on that, but. There's a way that they can make it work. And yeah. I know Ripple uses it. Um, I don't know if Ethereum uses segregated witness or not. I, I want to say it does. Litecoin is another one that the, the transaction is just way faster than Bitcoin. And part of that is because it has better technology under it. And the other part is it's just not as huge. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think they expected Bitcoin to scale like this. Or maybe they did and they just didn't really account for it. But they definitely have some things to fix. There's something called the Lightning Network coming out that's You'll have to Google it. I don't want to get too specific. Well, 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 well I mean, is, is, is it fixable without forking is, I guess, the question I have for you. Um, well, that's the interesting thing about the Lightning Network is that it sits on top of the Bitcoin blockchain. And basically what it does, is it's like a I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. It's like a, a checkbook. So basically, the easiest way to think of it is, is the Lightning Network bundles and verifies all these different transactions 
like thousands of transactions. And then at one time in the future, it commits all those transactions to the original blockchain. Uh, so it, it's able to, it's able to process stuff way, way faster. It's almost instant. The problem is right now that, um, they're only having like a 80 to 70% um, success rate on transactions. Um, so they still have some kinks to work out, but if they can get that figured out, um, yeah, I mean, I think Bitcoin will be ready, but I just think at this time, it's it's not time yet. And, you know, Bitcoin could hit $100,000, but as it exists now, it I don't think it's worth half of what <laughs> it's selling for. Yeah. But, you know, PR is a powerful thing, so we'll see how it goes. We, we sit waiting for the impending crash. <laughs> cool. So, man, uh, let's move into a little bit of hardware, I guess. Uh, Samsung is making 512 gigabyte chips for phones, which is just crazy. What's the, what's the size of your current phone? Um, I think mine is 32 and I have like a 64 gigabyte SD in it. But yeah. Yeah. My, oh, yeah. I moved back to my LG G6. I don't know if I talked that, about that. I think yeah. you may have told me that. Yeah. It finally got repaired. And then I looked at that shiny um essential phone and i was like i have a phone that works why don't i just sell this one and get four hundred dollars for it so that's what i did the bezelist future wasn't the future well it was a future until i realized i could get like 150 percent profit on what i paid for it and ah, it was like bye <laughs> ah. but yeah so um i think this is really really important because you know internet speeds are getting faster they're talking about um gigabit LTE in the future. Yeah. So this makes a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean that and the fact that, you know, I mean, most of the times we don't really download videos to our phone or music. It's all in the cloud. So that has alleviated, alleviated a lot of the pain when it comes to getting a new device and actually consuming content is that everything is streamed for the most part. But Very I true. mean, the, the more that you have these 4k capable cameras, I mean, my phone is capable However, quality wise, it is it can't do 4K filming on the phone. So as cameras continue to improve, I think this extra space, which uh, is just going to um, allow for more and more uh, good footage to be taken. So I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, and maybe maybe with one of these, uh, I could go here without having to delete apps off of my phone and make room for something else. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is more for yeah. apps than actual video, but you know, yeah. like my phone's got a 4k camera on as well. And it doesn't take long to um, fill up that space. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. One time I've had to delete stuff off my phone, but it is 64 gigs, which is not huge, but it's been, it's been sufficient, I guess, for now, but, but 512 yeah. is just almost unimaginable. And, and hopefully this means that, I mean, I know when this first comes out, the price may be a little outrageous, but hopefully it can be where you, it wouldn't be like Apple charging extra hundred and some dollars for, you know, <laughs> twice the space. Maybe they can get the price down where it's something reasonable. Uh, memory people are getting greedy, man. Yeah. <laughs> And also, I mean, if you think of some of the other applications, maybe even a drone that has a 4K camera can, uh, of course, oh, it can't dude, fly, fly by like 15 minutes, but <laughs> maybe get more good footage on there. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're they're improving at times. Um, I think the newest generation of DJI drones like the Mavic and the Phantom 4, I think they actually have a 30 minute on um, flight time. So, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's only going to get better, I would imagine. It's just the thing about the drones is like you have to balance out battery capacity and also weight. And it's just it, I guess it's just um, yeah. the dangerous game. 
Oh man, do you remember Dwight Sanders from Enterprise? He he was a little uh, bit older than you. Vaguely? You might, huh? Vaguely, I do. Yeah, he has like a, a drone company. I'm gonna have to get with him and talk about it. I just found out about he it has today. A drone company, like he makes drones, or he sells I don't. Them? I don't think he makes me. He may just does aerial footage. I think that's what he does. Oh. Cool, cool, yeah, cool. but but he has like his FAA license to fly a drone commercially. So, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to have to get with him and have a chat with him about what he's doing. It sounds pretty cool. I wish I knew the name of his company. He gave it to me, but I don't I don't remember. He yeah, that does sound cool. Yeah. I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, So where shall we go from here? Shall we bang our heads over, bang video cards over our head once again? Hey man, let's hit let's hit the other hardware part. Let's let's do it. <laughs> okay, so um, if you if you're not familiar or you've been under a rock, uh, Nvidia normally releases like their fat flagship um 1080 1080Ti cards, and then there's like the enthusiast top of the line Titan card. So normally in a GPU generation, the Titan card is the um, coup de gras, like the best, <laughs> creme de la creme. best. And, yeah, the creme de la creme. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and it's usually the most powerful video card that money can buy. That's generally the bar yeah. there. So with that in mind, um, this year, NVIDIA will be releasing their Volta architecture. We've talked about it a couple times on here. Yeah. And they finally released the first card for the Volta architecture, and it's called the NVIDIA Titan V. And this is interesting for two reasons. Normally, the Titan card, if I'm not mistaken, normally the Titan card comes out a year after the um, flag, like the enthusiast part. So, like when they release the Volt, then normally they release like the, I guess it would be the 1180, the 1160, blah, blah, blah. And then, like a year later or six months later, they release the Titan. And then they release the 1080 or 1180 or 980, whatever TI. So, they're coming out the gate with this. Um, and it is a compute powerhouse. This thing is a beast. It has 5,120 <laughs> CUDA cores, 12 gigabytes of high bandwidth to memory, um, a 1455 megahertz boost clock, and the card has 110 teraflops of maximum compute performance. And to frame that for you, <laughs> I have a 1080 Ti, and it has about 11 or 10 or 11, the Titan XP, which is the most recent Titan card, has 12 teraflops. This thing has 110 teraflops of compute performance. That's like a nine times increase over a single generation, and it is utterly ridiculous. So um, <laughs> so tell me, I know we talked about the CUDA cores, but give me a little bit of difference on the CUDA cores. What, what, what's so different that's pushing this one uh, so much further in teraflops than the previous card? Well, I mean, part of it is just the way um, we might have talked to this before, but just the way um you can scale GPUs. Like with GPUs, you don't necessarily have to make the clock speed faster, but the way the architecture is set up, it scales well. So you just add more cores, ah. and that's basically what they did here. Um, it is a new die, it is a new um architecture, but they've also upped the core count significantly. So. Yeah. That's where the 110 teraflops of performance comes from. And I think the AMD equivalent to the CUDA core is the stream processor, but it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, uh, effectively it's the same thing, not technically. And, um, the cool thing about this is that's like straight compute performance. Now, the interesting thing about this card, and I don't know, um, we haven't even talked about the price yet. It's $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's also a three time three X increase in price as well. I think the Titan XP sold for eleven ninety nine or ten ninety nine or something wow. like that around that t- seems around a cheap in comparison. <laughs> yeah, it does. But yeah, it's it's, it's sold for around a thousand dollars. Um, and this is three thousand. And the the interesting thing is, I've been looking at some benchmarks for this, and just strictly for games, doesn't look like a whole huge leap. Really? Because that's surprising. We're talking. About floating floating point performance, so that's um it's specific to AI compute compatibility of the tensor cores. So you have the CUDA cores, which are for single pre- precision, and you have the tensor cores are, that are for like um not floating point. It's for I guess multi precision. <laughs> it's, it's used mostly for like um machine learning. Um, so just to give you a a, a bigger frame of reference here, Amazon. In their cloud, you can you can um you can um buy compute compute for um the Volta um the I think it's called Nvidia Tesla. You can like rent one to like run machine learning or whatever. So if you're like um trying to train a car to drive within a track, you feed all of the the sensor data to this machine learning algorithm, and it figures out how to drive. You know, like that's basically how machine learning works. It takes a lot of um. Takes a lot of compute power. Takes a lot of um, storage space, hmm. and this is what mainly is used for that. But if you talk about stri- strictly for gamings, and that's floating point. So I had those um, tied up. So if you look at strictly at GPU game floating port performance, it's only about fourteen teraflops. And I think the reason that Nvidia did this is because traditionally, I think the last few generations. AMD's cards have destroyed Nvidia's cards. Their 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 consumer and enthusiast like GPUs has destroyed them in compute. Like that's why um most of the time for mining Ethereum, you would yeah. you would traditionally buy an AMD card because the compute performance is better. And it will be interesting to see like what the hash rate on something like this yeah, will be. I'm, that, I'm, really, I'm that, really curious. That that's yeah. what instantly came to my mind when you said that compute cores because Yes, this is like a miner's dream, possibly. <laughs> yeah, you probably only have to buy like four of them, and you could replace a whole um closet full of GPUs, burning away at your electric bill. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this was kind of a shot over the bow at Nvidia at AMD, and it's also getting ahead of the gate, kind of like they did with their 1080 Ti last year, where. It was really funny because AMD was like aiming their Vega card at the 1080 because the 1080 was like 800 bucks. And basically what Nvidia did this time last year was they announced the 1080 Ti, they dropped the price of the 1080 to 500 bucks and then they released the 1080 Ti at like 7, which like completely destroyed any kind of chance that AMD had of being competitive. <sighs> so, I mean, this isn't really for consumers. Or for you know the regular gamer or even the enthusiast gamer, this is like a super super hardcore product, and they're 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 kind of marketing it as a GPU, but it's not really it's not really for games. It's more for like I said for machine learning or if you're doing like a bunch of parallel processing or something like that. Like this is what you want. You just want a game, get a 1080 or 1080 Ti. You're not going to see a huge jump from those on this, but it is a monster nonetheless. Well, let me ask you this: do we do we think that? AMD, you know, they're kind of getting it from both ends. <laughs> I mean, Intel and, and also in, in video. Do you think they are better as, you know, of course, these would be separate companies, uh, Radeon, ATI and uh, AMD. Do you think they're doing better as one company or were, did, did they serve their interests better separately? 
Well, I think they kind of bet the farm when they bought ATI and it almost bankrupted them because it was such a huge purchase for them because they're not a huge company. And basically what's happening, the only, well, not, I'm not going to say only reason, but the main reason they've been able to catch up with somewhat with in, Intel in the CPU races because they were basically treating the Radeon group like a redheaded stepchild. They weren't getting the top tier funding. You know, they weren't getting man and power. Uh, and that's one reason why the Vega kind of underwhelmed is just they didn't have they didn't throw enough money at it, so to speak. So in that sense, I do feel like Radeon Technology Group would probably be better off on its own. Where, it, you know, it could, you know, gather its own capital. And <laughs> and it's really messed up. You know, it, it's, it's really messed up because. This mining craze has been selling more Radeon video cards, and that money has been going to the CPU oh, division to try to make man. the CPUs better. But yeah. you know, now yeah. that Rogers left, and they they have two competitors now in Nvidia, Intel. Hopefully, now they'll put some more money into their next architecture, which should be Navi. And you know, the, the whole thing this year was wait for wait for Vega, and now I guess now is wait for Navi. So <laughs> we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I guess. Oh man, yeah, yeah, cool. I love talking about GPUs and stuff. If you didn't pick that up, <laughs> I'm, I, I just get really excited when something like this gets announced. Just because you know, when I see something like this, I just think about all of the you know man hours that were put into like yeah. R and D and designing. Which the outer outer chassis is the same as the other um uh, founders edition cards, but it's gold instead of silver. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's where that extra two thousand dollars is coming from. Gold <laughs> <laughs> plated GPUs, but you know, like it, I just think about like all the work that would would have gone into something like this, all the man hours, and you know, they've been talking about Volta for a year. You know, the um the test the Tesla car came out um a couple months ago, three or four months ago, and now we get the first consumer level quote unquote product and it's funny because the 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 um tesla card is like 10 grand and this one's the price is coming down hopefully we'll be down to where i would you know <laughs> look look at one of these right now it's a little out of my realm yeah considering this is like this costs like half as much as the car i'm driving right now so yeah. there's no way that i would buy it but yeah it's interesting mm. cool beans awesome stuff dude oh yeah so is that rounded mm-hmm. out for us um, I think so. Did you want to talk about Fortnite? Um, yeah, we just talk real quick. Um, Fortnite has a battle royale fifty v fifty mode now, which you know, with this along with PUBG, I, the 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 I'm not gonna say weirdest, but one of the things I don't like about it is that, and this doesn't fix it by the way. <laughs> I don't like the fact that you can't <laughs> go in with more than four people because we've had multiple occasions where we've been gaming, you know, with you and the rest of the um. The, the the grits guys and we can't put in more than four people and even even if we did want to do four two separate groups before we couldn't match up you know and i i think that's a problem that they need to solve i don't think this is going to solve it though it might be a cool mode to play but but uh i think the biggest thing i want from them is to be able to do more than four people in the group and then i'll be happy yeah and the thing i like about this is you know I feel like I would be more likely to play something like this more often, whereas I play PUBG and then my nerves get shot and then I, I have to step away from it for a while. Yeah. Just because of all, it, it's a very stressful game. Indeed. Even, it is, I feel sir. even funny saying that, but it's a very stressful game because 
once you're playing with your friends, you just kind of feel like you're alone in the world. And this feels like this is something that's a lot more accessible to people. Yeah. Where you don't necessarily have to drop in the perfect place if you have other people on your teams. I think this is a good idea. Hopefully PUBG will do something like this as well. I think it'll be really popular. Which um, some more PUBG news. We get we get PUBG this week on Xbox, so that should be interesting. <laughs> if it'd be good, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah. Did they say if there was going to be crossplay or not? I would assume not. But... Uh, I don't think so. I think it's all f- for the Xbox or, or or PC. I don't think it's crossplay right now. Probably be at some point, but for now, nah. <laughs> cool. Just quick game news. Soul Calibur 6 was announced. Yeah, yeah. Video Game Awards. Yeah. <laughs> was there anything else out yeah. there that really uh, excited you? See the Death Stranding trailer, the new Kojima project? It, it looked even more ridiculous than it did the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still can't get over Norm Reedus holding the baby crying. <laughs> and yeah, that the, that was the first trailer. And this Darryl. doesn't really get any less weird. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I didn't see anything out there really just, you know, uh, excited me, really. Uh, but there was also what the PlayStation Experience thing. Was that this? I think that was this past few days, too. PlayStation Experience? What's that? Tell us about um, that. Man, I don't know the details. It's the play because I know they announced a few games. Let me look it up real quick. Let's see here. PlayStation Experience 17. They made a few announcements there. I don't remember what they were. Let me see if I can pull up something real quick here. Now it's Monster Hunter World. That looks dope. Rick and Morty Virtual Reality. Metro Exodus. Wow. There are some really cool games. They're bringing Absolver, which is a really popular PC melee game. World War Z. Wasn't that the um the Brad Pitt movie? Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so. it's going to be a four-player co-op third-person shooter. That's interesting. <laughs> Death Stranding, a new Blaze Blue, a new Medieval. That's pretty cool. They haven't made a new Medieval game in forever. You know, the PlayStation Classic? Yeah, yeah. Children of Morta. I don't know any of these games, so I'm yeah. not going to name them. Yeah, they got but I guess the big, huge game would be Soul Calibur 6. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. So, um, anything Good else you're work, working on you want to talk about real quick? Um, not really. Just playing around with some music stuff for some friends. And um other than that, just really looking forward to the new year, looking forward to Star Wars. Um it's gonna be a struggle to stay away from spoilers the next few days, but I feel like I'll be able to do it and you know really, really excited to talk about that. And we'll have a big spoiler warning, which I don't know, maybe we won't talk about it on this podcast. Well maybe I'll be able to get a spot on discussing comics or something. Oh yeah. Talk about it with oh, you yeah. guys, maybe. Yeah. I guess that doesn't really fit in the scope of this, but I guess we can still talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, we get, well, we got to bring the, uh, maybe we can do it on another show and bring the, uh, our resident Star Wars expert in for another recap like we did last year. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Cool, guys. And if you're into Star Trek Discovery, check out me and Carrie's other podcast, the STD podcast. You can find it at stdpodcast.com where we talk about Star Trek Discovery and, you know, all things Star Trek. So, you know, check us out yeah, there. Catch it sometime. Yeah. Also, keep your ear to the floor for this podcast. You can find out how to subscribe and other things at techpedition.com. That's T E C H P E D I T I O N.com. Check it out there. And, uh, yeah. Anything else? Keep it real, guys. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, <laughs> 
eat more chicken. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when we're in a chicken <laughs> dinner. <laughs> very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. I can't, I can't beat that. <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.